You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. Today on The James Altucher Show. So before we get into today's topic, very thrilling topic, discussing my military career as a colonel of Mississippi, a lieutenant colonel in Alabama, and a colonel in Kentucky, which we'll get to in a second. I do want to address something really important in the news today. The Finnish prime minister says videos of her boisterous partying, partying shouldn't have been made public. So I guess she was. there's a video of her going around Twitter where she's dancing at a party and she's 36 years old. And what I don't understand is people are all the time complaining about how we have these old, old white men as leaders of the world. Why can't, if you, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to have a young person running a country, she or he is going to occasionally go dancing. And now her, her opponent is saying she needs a drug test. Like it's such a crime to go dancing. That is pretty crazy. Like, why do people think it's like, like bad behavior? Like even look, I am often critical of AOC, but when people were making fun of her dancing at a party, when she was first elected to Congress, so what? She's like a normal I would rather them be normal human beings than someone who right. doesn't go out. I mean, I never go out dancing, but right. we should go out dancing more, by okay. the way. All right. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the, the hotel, by the way, that inspired the movie Dirty Dancing uh-huh. burned down. Oh, yeah. That happened last week, right? Or something? Yeah. So maybe um, maybe, maybe God is against uh, dancing. So the Finnish oh, prime minister think... can't dance. The Dirty Dancing Hotel burns down coincidentally at the same time. Okay. So at least she wasn't dancing while it was being burned down. Well, she wasn't dancing at that hotel. Right. <laughs> and then they try to say, oh, you know, maybe she had COVID. Who knows? Anyway, go dance, <laughs> Finnish prime minister. I don't even know your name. And then here's another thing. This is going to be related to a podcast we're, we're releasing next week, which really scares the hell out of me. But in the news today... Uh, the U.S. ambassador uh, uh, says, Beijing, this is a message for China. 
Beijing must show it's not an agent of instability. And let me just say, the U.S. is in no position to demand, like, what's going to happen if Beijing, Beijing doesn't show it's not an agent of instability? Of course, they're an agent of instability. Yeah. They they have repeatedly said Taiwan is part of China. They have they have repeatedly threatened the U.S. and all its allies around China. Do they think does the U.S. ambassador think this guy is is doing it for fun? Like they have no intentions on China. Of course, they're going to try to take over China at some point, but. This is just a preview. We talked to General Robert Spaulding next week. Uh, we already taped it, but it's really being released early next week yeah. um, about the, the the what's going on between China and Taiwan. So check that out. And uh, today, I want to talk about uh, well, and actually, Jay, you suggested it. Why did or Robin? You suggested it. Why did someone suggest this topic? Because it's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's so random. It was serious business. I, well. I'm sure it was, but it's just funny that. I mean, like, how often did get someone get what do you what's the term crowned as colonel? Uh, you know, when I was <laughs> you're not by colonial. the way, <laughs> by the way, when I was a little boy and I was a fan of the TV show F Troop, I did call it a colonel as well, Jay. So <laughs> you're not the first, so don't feel bad about it. But it's it's spelled it's spelled C O L O N E L, and for some reason it's pronounced colonel. Mm-hmm. So just another. Uh, weird thing about the English language. Um, but I, when I was like a little boy and I was obsessed with the military, because all, and Robin, you were talking about this the other day, all our shows when we were kids, or many of our shows were military. Like, I Dream of Jeannie was, yeah. was uh, you know, Larry Hagman played a major mm-hmm. yeah. and he was in the Air Force and he was in NASA. And um, what was, what was another show? F Troop was about a fort mm-hmm. in the 1800s. And there was uh, Baba Black Sheep. I don't know if you remember that. No, it it um, competed with Happy Days on Tuesday nights. And that was about, I think it took place in World War II or the Korean War. MASH was took place in the Korean okay, War. Well, those are the obvious ones. I, I was talking about I Dream and Genie, you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder know, Woman. Six Million Dollar Man. Six Million Dollar, dollar Man was to- totally paid for by the military. They were They're all, all, it's all military. And these were just like innocent shows, I thought, you know, but we were being brainwashed. The Brady Bunch was not. A military show. No. So we were no, good there. That was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So, my whole point is, is that, you know, in the book Skip the Line, I talk about how it's important to experiment, but have it's important even to encourage your children to experiment. And my parents weren't always very happy about my experiments when I was a kid, but around the age of 11 or 12, I became obsessed with politics. And mm-hmm. The end result of this being is that I became uh, uh, an honorary colonel of Kentucky. Uh, just the same way Colonel Sanders. You know the chicken, Colonel Sanders? Mm-hmm. Nobody, Everybody thinks he served in the military. Colonel Sanders never served in the military in his life. He was an honorary colonel of Kentucky. Do you guys know how he became an honorary colonel? I don't know. because Is it because like he cooked the best chicken out there? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious answer is usually the correct answer. So the governor of Kentucky at that time, oh, he so Colonel Harlan Sanders, uh, uh, he was like seventy years old, and he owned a gas station. And the governor of Kentucky would always stop there on the way to the governor's office, I guess, to fill up his gas tank. And at the same time, Harlan Sanders uh, also cooked chicken and would serve the governor as chicken. The chicken mm. was so good that the governor made him an honorary colonel of Kentucky. And we'll discuss mm. what that means in a second. And then Colonel Sanders, Harlan Sanders, forever called Colonel Sanders, now that he's an honorary colonel, he uh, started the chain, which then became, first, it was originally called Colonel Sanders, then it'd be called uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm. So I don't know why they changed it. And yeah, I think you should be called, maybe you just call it Colonel James. Well, you know, know, Muhammad That's Ali is also an honorary colonel of Kentucky. Elvis Presley is an honorary colonel right. of Kentucky. We just need to go to the Kentucky Derby so that we can sit in. If you're an honorary colonel in Kentucky yeah, you and you go to the Kentucky seat. Derby, yeah, you get a special box just for the colonels. I don't know if you'd be allowed to sit there, Robin, but I certainly yeah, would be allowed to sit Yeah, are there any there. female colonels? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Wait. Really? That's That seems a bit... Sexist is that they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you call a colonel, a female colonel? Is colonel. it the same? Yeah, it's a colonel, and you call her a colonel. Just like there's there's female generals, right? Yep. 
Oh, right, right, right. What do you call yeah. a female president? You don't president. say presidentess. <laughs> but, but, but no, it's a good point because in England, you can't be a female duke. You're a duchess. Right. Yeah. You can't be a female baron. You're a, a baroness or a countess. Uh-huh. And you're not a king. You're a queen if you're a woman. So in England, if you are a woman, these prestigious titles are different. And you, you can't even be a sir, obviously. If you're knighted in, in, in England and you're a woman, you're a lady. Right. Wait, wait. So is that the reason why British getting canceled right now? Because it's so, you know, they only have two pronouns. England as a country is getting canceled. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> because it's 2022, Jeez, you know, everything has something. to be, yeah, everything has to be general, gender uh, equality. You know, everything has to be, you know. But by, by the way, just before we get into the main topic here, we just took a ride in Jay's new car, a Tesla. <laughs> and Jay, you're like, you're like turning into white trash. I am. <laughs> like, you're like wait, Asian wait, white trash. What? Because, and, and the car was great, by the way. All credit to Tesla. Although for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to open the door. Like, why can't you just have that, a regular door like every other surprise. car ever? Because aerodynamic, you know, like if the, the door handle flash in the body, you know, you have, you can get more miles. You yeah, can but it was go like faster. complicated to open well, that you door. You just look at the button and it says, oh, okay. With open every it. other door in the world, I don't need to press a button. I just open the door. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Jay, the reason I said that though, is it's like, okay, the podcast is doing well. You get a little bit of raise. First thing you do is go out and buy a Tesla. <laughs> well, I mean, like I was looking at every other car, but every other car got like 10 more thousands on top of, you know, the, the MSRP. So it's more expensive. It's more, it's, it's worth it to get. But, but then we learn you can't even take a far drive because what if you have to wait a half hour to charge your car? Supercharger. Yes. Well, so, I mean, that's like, a oh, that's if you. What is it? What if it's the slowest battery? What if it's not the supercharge? How long does that's it take? Twenty-four hours. Before twenty-four hours. So okay, if I'm driving from New York City to DC, am I going to stop in Baltimore and stay overnight in a hotel just so I can make yeah, it to DC? Yeah, but they have the fast things. They have the yeah, fast, the fast charger. Right. And it's only thirty minutes. Yeah, and also it's not good for you to drive for so long without yeah, stopping. See. So this what is like stopping for half an hour. Marketing BS is that. Not good for you. If I'm driving from New York to DC, I'm not stopping in Baltimore for the night. All right. No, no offense to Baltimore, by the way. The Wire, great show. I mean, I have to say, when I drive from from New York City to Atlanta, I only stop at the city that I know because I watch enough movie to know that if I stop at a random place, I will either get murdered or that's get. That's why ghost you hunt. took John, our son. Yes. Yeah, that's why you. That's why you took him to protect you. Blonde you took hair, the wrong blue, per- you took the wrong hair, person. A blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. He, yes, he's afraid to step on an ant. He's not going to defend you when when a gang shows up. Yeah, I need I need an insurance. If someone's come to me like, "Hey, that's the white the, the the white man right there," you know, I should be safe. Right. I don't think that works that way, but that could be. But no, <laughs> congratulations, OJ. It is a really nice Thank car. Thank you. Thank you. Even though. It, can't drive more than like three miles before needing charging or whatever. And the door can't open. Yes, but it I, can't. It's I will really say pretty, it was great that there was a chess game. Although for some reason they didn't use like a good chess computer. Cause I was able to beat okay. it on the highest level. Number one, you're not supposed to be playing chess while you're driving. Okay. So like, but, I, there, I think, but, but there is a chess game right next to the driver. I understand that, but it doesn't have to be really great because I don't think a lot of people probably use that unless Just, they're waiting Unless they're waiting to, for their charging. Uh, that's it. Because exactly. I did I did not understand why in order to that's drive, you had to shut off so the chest So they have to game. entertain you. All right. Oh, yeah. I can't even watch Netflix when I'm charging. See? Wait, can you drive? Does it bother you to watch a movie while you're, while you're driving? I can't drive. Like, I have to, like, stop and charge. And, like, I, I have to stop to watch a movie. Oh, you have to stop to watch the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> it is. No, but I'm... What about for the automatic driving? Can you watch a movie if you're in the driver's no. seat? So so the automatic driving, they didn't call it automatic driving. It's called FSD, full self-driving on Tesla. Um, the thing is like you have to keep your hand on the wheel and then there's a camera in the cabin that will look at look at you, see if you're paying yeah. attention. <laughs> Who is looking at that camera? Apparently, according to them, according to them, it's the the camera it's only stay in the ecosystem, doesn't go out to Tesla. But they use AI to to tell like if you are pay attention i don't quite i don't quite believe that like there's probably yeah, there's I'm probably sure like millions it. of people in china watching all of us drive teslas <laughs> so all right that's gonna be the new show the new like all in, about tesla. yeah reality show new reality americans show, driving people. teslas <laughs> and they get to vote who's the best tesla driver right 
and it becomes hugely popular. We don't even know about it. On uh, autopilot. So <laughs> what do people do on autopilot when they're? I mean, okay, I have to tell you this. So when Tesla autopilot just came out, someone shot a porn on in Tesla. And and th- what happened while it was going? Yeah, while, it was while they were driving. While I was driving, they were yeah. having sex. Did anyone yeah. did anyone call them from Tesla and say, "Hey, we see you"? <laughs> no, but they put it out there. Really? Somehow, so, yeah. I right. mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I have to say, I didn't see it. I don't know anything about well, how it. How do you I know about, about it? it. I mean, when I researched well, about Tesla, it, it, it was news. <laughs> I, it came I, out. I, yeah. watched, was re- I listened to the news and watched it all day long. I when never he, saw when that. he was researching his Tesla. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, there was something else I wanted to mention. I just got a uh, email from Masterclass, and uh, Melinda Gates is teaching a class. And I just want to know who would take this class. It's called Giving with Impact. Like, I understand I'm in favor of charitable giving. And of course, it seems like an oxymoron to say, um, you know, they, they, to add the words with impact. Like, if you, nobody gives to a charity thinking, oh, I don't want to have impact. I just want to give to the charity. So, giving with impact is like extra words, like placebo words. But she's teaching a class on how to give with impact. Who was going to take that class? Like, do you need help? If you were going to give with impact, would you say, but I really need to know how to do it? Not really. But I would take her class if it's how to, how to um, see if your husband is cheating. Now, <laughs> that way, I I feel bad for her if her husband was cheating. He and was. I know. We know. We, we suspect. It's alleged that he was. He's got all. He's, he flies what around with his best friend. What do you do when your husband Epstein. hung out at Epstein Island all the time? That would be a good class. Well, and also, like, didn't he, like, visit his ex-girlfriend every month? Uh, no, once a year, he once would spend a, year, a yeah. week with her, his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. But I don't know if they did anything. They would just, his thing was he would, they would just talk about ideas. Okay. Because I wouldn't want to hang out sure. with any ex-girlfriend. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't want my... There's a reason why they're an ex. Like, he doesn't want to, like, fool around with her. He just... Oh, sure. Okay. So... I mean, who knows? <laughs> Yeah. But I feel bad for Melinda Gates. She's trying. Look here, she's trying to find meaning in her life. Yeah. But a class on giving with impact seems really boring to me. Well, I don't know. I haven't taken it, so I don't know. Maybe it is good. Who knows? All right, I I reserve opinion. Yeah, it's, it's like you never judge a book by its cover, right? No, you ha- always judge a book by its cover. <laughs> like, how else do you judge a book? Do you you can't read it in the bookstore? So you, the only way to judge it is by the first the cover, then the title. And then any testimonials, and then maybe the you read page. like the first page, <laughs> you know, or whatever. You don't read the last; page, you read the first. So, so the main way you judge a book before you buy it is the cover and then the title. Mm. And so, giving with impact is the title here. I would rather take how to play poker. Okay, so I can give so more money. Wait, to, wait. With maybe she's just talking about you know giving with impact, like what, where to, you know send your money or you know there's a lot of scams out there so maybe uh, maybe she's helping you you know curate some places that you know and some okay N- you know ngos that need you know that are real because yeah, a lot but, of ngos are not real but like i could google that and re- do basic research right anybody could right do that. but this is curated for you and how much does this cost well here's if it, I, here's it how well, here's the class i would take from melinda gates mm-hmm. if i'm thinking melinda gates specifically mm-hmm. i would take if she took, if she had a course, fifty things I didn't know about being a billionaire that blows my mind. I would take that course. Or fifty things I hate about being a billionaire. Yeah, fifty things I hate about being yeah. a billionaire. Or like, I could think of a lot. <laughs> or or um, a course on how to win a billion of my dollars. <laughs> like, and then she has like a kind of treasure hunt about how to win a billion dollars for me. Like, those would be great courses. I would take yeah. like show that she's like a little interesting instead of like oh giving with impact. There's like a million people probably True. more qualified than her too to just well, well, no, well no she is a, a big philanthropist so I shouldn't is. say that yes and it is difficult to find the you know the right entities to give to and stuff yeah maybe it's about due diligence how do you do a due diligence on on charities and also like if she do if she has a course about parenting that would be fun too she has like what three kids yeah but I don't mm-hmm. know maybe. For all we know, her kids are like hopeless drug addicts. Like we don't know what her kids are. Yeah, I we don't, don't know. know. If we don't know anything about her kids actually. So to her credit, actually, she's kept it's her kid, her family life very private. Yeah. Um. But here's the one story we have heard about Bill mm-hmm. Gates. I don't know if this is really a common story, but remember, um, your friend who runs the um this big uh, charity in Africa mm-hmm. was telling how Bill Gates oh, yeah. gave a hundred million dollars. To this mm-hmm. one country in mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Africa, mm-hmm, I, I actually mm-hmm. forget the name of the country, mm-hmm. and the dictator 
who was running that country basically stole the hundred million dollars, probably ended yep. up in a Swiss banking account. He right. left being dictator and essentially disappeared. Yeah, but that's what happens, you know. So that's why it's good to have somebody that has already curated these these things because there's so many scams. And yeah, but and, he and didn't even avoid. They didn't. Why did they avoid that scam? Well, I guess maybe maybe that, that was one of the things that they learned. I could have told you what a, a country run by a dic- authoritarian, authoritarian, corrupt uh, dictator was probably going to steal your money. I could have mm. told you that. Well, if if Melinda is listening to this podcast, make sure to reach out to us, James and Robin. I will give her a master class on giving with impact. Well, first we should take her class, and then we can see. I'm not going to take her class. Sounds really. Well, maybe boring. I will. Maybe, maybe Robin will. All yeah. right. You take your class before back. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not, always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit and I was so excited because Side by side with the business summit was the Norway chess summit where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever playing chess. But it was four plane rides like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours and they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I at first class, so I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like, if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop, really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. 
ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with politics and I was 12 years old. This is 1980. So there was an election happening. So Jimmy Carter was president and in the primaries, he was running against Ted Kennedy. I don't know if you remember this. And yeah, I was really a lot younger. Yes, right. <laughs> I forgot that. And Ted Kennedy, you know, Ted Kennedy was considered, of course, after Robert F. Kennedy died, he was the next Kennedy in line mm-hmm. to run for president. And then sadly for all people involved, mm-hmm. particularly a young woman yeah. named Mary Jo Kopechny, he was involved in an accident uh, over the Chappaquiddick Bridge where yeah. he was drunk and married and this woman mm-hmm. died and nothing serious ever happened to Kennedy. And uh, so he wasn't able to run for president like people thought in 1972 Mm -hmm. or 1976, but 1980 people's memories are short. He runs and he actually had pretty good chances. He, he blew it in a, in an interview on a news station where he didn't really understand the issues as well as we all thought he did. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, just because you're a Kennedy doesn't mean you're born with all the answers. (laughs) But he had been a senator for a long time, too. I think he became a senator in 1964. Well, just because you're a senator doesn't mean you have all the answers well, that's, either. <laughs> that's very true. So, uh, But anyway, so I was really obsessed with, I didn't understand anything about politics, but I liked the game of it. I liked the personalities. And I was 12 years old. I didn't really know what mm. issues were. So mm. I was, you know... I would re- I would read the Watergate transcripts, like the transcripts of all the tapes yeah. Nixon recorded in his wow. office. I was obsessed with Watergate. And then there was a great, um, well, Hunter S. Thompson wrote what I think is his best book ever, uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail in 1972. People know him from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but he also wrote Fear and Loathing on the Campaign. Hunter S. Thompson loved politics. So he, he wrote about every campaign. So he wrote his, one of his, his best campaign book was Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail in 72. It was a great book. And there was a lot of good books about the 1976 campaign. Hmm. So here it was, 1980, and I was obsessed with politics. And then one other person who was running in the primaries that no one remembers is the governor of Mississippi was running against Jimmy Carter and Ted Kennedy mm-hmm. in the primaries. His name was Cliff Finch. And just like Jimmy Carter was the uh, former Southern governor, this guy thought as a, hey, if one Southern governor could do it, I could do it. So he, he decided to run against Jimmy Carter and Ted Kennedy. I never once figured out what his issues were or why he thought he would be better than Jimmy Carter or anybody else. But like many people, he wanted to run for president and maybe he wanted to raise money and put some of it in his pocket. I don't know what the laws were like then, but we've, we've seen recent examples of people running for president for a few weeks, raising millions of dollars and then dropping out of the race. And they simply have like a war chest of millions of dollars they could use for various purposes. Mm -hmm. And we've seen very close examples of that. Are those taxable? Hmm? Are those money taxable? No, because it's uh, people are donating it to your campaign committee. So it's not like it's not revenues or anything. There are donations. So it's a scam then? Well, it it could be. there's There's regulations. You're not allowed to like buy a house with that money, for instance, you have to, I think you have to just use it for political, for campaign use. But now you could use it like, let's say you drop out of the presidential race and then 10 years later run for Congress or run for mayor of something, you can use that money. It's like, Mm. it's it's with you forever. So whoever donated to you, they kind of missed out. And Mm. I mean, look, okay, here's an example. Uh, Bill de Blasio raised, I don't know how much money. And uh, uh, I'm not, this is, you know, I'm not accusing him of anything, but then the people who donated to his presidential campaign, mm-hmm. they got those lucrative deals uh, where they yeah. they owned hotels and, and de Blasio moved all the homeless people into those hotels and the New York City government was paying those hotels full rate in the middle of COVID. See, that is crazy. And they were the ones who donated to his presidential campaign. Right. And by the way, now he's running for Congress somehow <laughs> in New York City. And of course, he gets to use. I'm pretty sure he gets to use that money he raised to run for Congress. Who so, is going to vote for him? I mean, like he is the uh, he was the worst. But but think about how mayor. valuable. Think about how valuable it was for those guys to donate money to him. And again, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just making what? connections. But they got these amazing deals. 
Hotels and COVID well, were empty. But that's not right. I mean, that, well, that's but just a bad. Apparently, it's all legal, and you can't oh, you terrible. can't directly connect it. They didn't make they didn't sign a contract saying, "Hey, if I donate this okay. money to you." Well, but so there's nothing illegal that technically happened. But I don't know why then someone would vote for him for Congress. But you see, Man. newspapers already you know endorsing him. And are you serious? Yeah, they they people are endorsing Who's endorsing him? him. What what newspapers? I don't want to mention because they're oh. they'll end up lying about me again. And then also like the so let's say if you get like this multi million dollars you know campaign or whatever the money right when you're running for Congress let's say you're like oh I want to buy a car and then use it use the money to buy a car for the campaign quote unquote. No, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. I mean, that's uh, a, no, you can you no, can't do that if it's strictly iffy. for the campaign. If it's like if it's like your campaign employees, they need cars. So okay, you, most people have cars though. No, they can rent, but no, you're traveling around in a campaign. So if you're renting a car, okay, well that's one thing, but you can't just buy. The yeah, cars so for exactly. People. So that's why I'm what what I'm thinking is like what he's what if he's like, oh, we have all this money, I'm gonna run for Congress, but I'm gonna buy this car for my employee use, and no. oh, I lost Congress, and then they keep the car. Jay, are you thinking of working for Bill De Blasio for Congress, so you yeah, can get another? You can't Tesla? do that, Jay. <laughs> You can't. No, I'm just curious, like how they would. That's like, what the dictators do in Africa. Okay, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I'm just curious, like how would they cheat the money? I'm no, trying it's, to it's find. True. Ways to cheat There's the a gray money. area, and to be fair, I don't know all the laws. Stay out of that. the gray. But but this is my whole thing: is that I I don't know why this guy Cliff Finch was running for president, and yet here's what I was interested in: I was obsessed with interviewing every single candidate for president. So. I got this, there were no computers, of course, then. So I got this printout from the Federal Elections Commission of everybody who was running for president. And and there was hundreds of people running for president. It's not just like the big name. It's not like I'm trying to call Jimmy Carter, mm -hmm. although I'll get to that in a second because I did try to call him. But I was calling everybody. So for instance, there was a guy named Jim Boren who was running for vice president. And he was specifically running to be Ted Kennedy's vice president. And mm. it was, it, and then, and his slogan, his campaign slogan was, when in doubt, mumble. And so, <laughs> so well, I, that's funny. I okay, and by the I'm way, his brother, David Boren, became a senator from Oklahoma years later. Is he related to Jason Boren? No, Boren instead oh. of Boren. <laughs> Not, no relation. Um, but so I interviewed him. There was another uh, guy who um, claimed to be the great grandson of Chief Crazy Horse. And he was running really? on the platform of getting Native American rights. Wow. So I, I interviewed him. I That's interviewed cool. I interviewed dozens of these minor presidential candidates. So mm -hmm. people also forget in 1980 was one of the third biggest, one of the biggest third party candidacies in history was John Anderson, was a Republican congressman from Illinois, mm -hmm. but liberal, ran as a, a third party because he didn't like Reagan and didn't mm -hmm. like Carter. Mm -hmm. So he ran on a third party. I interviewed his wife and mm -hmm. um I interviewed a lot of a lot of people. I've interviewed senators, congressmen, uh, but I called up the White House once. I, I still remember the number. I think it's two hundred two four five six, and then either one two one two or one four one four. And uh, I called up the White House, and I didn't ask for Jimmy Car Carter, but I asked for the chief usher of the White House. His mm -hmm. name was Rex Scouten, mm -hmm. and I interviewed him. Mm -hmm. And then on my birthday, mm -hmm. my dad took me on a business trip with him to Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet Rex Scout in person. He gave me a tour of the white house. I went, I went to the Senate and the house and I hung out with all these senators. I got to, I, I remember there was a, a Senator Birch Bayh, mm -hmm. and I think his son, Evan Bayh is the governor of some of Indiana now, or he was the governor of Indiana, mm -hmm. but I visited with Birch Bayh and it was my birthday and it turned out to be his birthday too. So his staff, <laughs> they all sang happy birthday That's to both so of funny. us. So I was 12 years old. Anyway, part of when I, but then there was, I really got interested in this guy, Cliff Finch. Like, why was he running for president? He was the governor of Mississippi, or he mm -hmm. was the former governor of Mississippi. And I interviewed him. And I, for some reason, I decided, I said to him, and again, I'm told you, I said, I think I'm going to endorse you. <laughs> and so he said, well, why don't you come and visit our campaign? Mm -hmm. And I think he thought my dad would be a big contributor or sure. somehow. So, I remember exactly the plane ticket. It was the first time I ever flew on a plane. The plane ticket was $120. Cliff Finch's campaign paid $60 of it. And my dad paid $60 of it. I flew to Mississippi. 
And I stayed with his campaign manager, whose name I remember, Norm, Norman Harris. And I was really nervous because I still, I'm 12 years old, but I still wet the bed every day. Wait, curious, do you fly there by yourself? Yeah, I flew there by myself, the first plane ever. How do you trust the strangers and like older strangers? He could be a pedophile. Well, he had a family. Okay. So my dad, you know, talked to his wife and stuff. Right. And also my parents had to warn his wife that maybe I was going to wet the bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I don't think I did. I think I just stayed up the entire time or I just went to, I made sure I went to the bathroom a lot or I didn't drink any water, but um, I was terrified of that. And, you know, I vis would visit the campaign every day. I was there for like a, a few, three days. And I remember they had, everybody had like huge, right, right now, if you go to Mississippi, like right now we're in Georgia, hardly anybody has Southern accents, it seems. It's like there's a general U.S. accent now, but everybody had a huge Southern accent. They all talked different. And uh, one person literally said to me, and this is not a slight on Mississippi, love Mississippi. Someone literally said to me in the campaign headquarters, like, ah, oh, I never met a Jew before. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> another person said, um, oh, your initials, J.A., jackass. And wow. <laughs> so they just... But they were all friendly. They were all very friendly other than that. And but um those those are the 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 humor back then, right? Uh yeah, that that was the humor like in the Mississippi humor back then. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. At the end of that visit, uh, Governor Finch took out this big certificate, signed it, and made, it made me an honorary colonel of Mississippi. Did, you, did, he, did he put like a knife around you? No, he did not, not knight me because this is the U.S. Oh, that's but, a knight. Okay, okay. But there were, there were rules. Like you could, you, if you go to Mississippi, there's situations where even the honorary colonels get like a two-gun salute or I don't know. There was some BS Wait, that I never what? got involved in. But what I realized with this, though, is, huh. This is a thing, this honorary colonel thing. And then I read up on it and I read that Colonel Sanders was only an honorary colonel, was never actually in the military. But this is a Southern thing. So I wrote to every single Southern governor and I, every single one. And I said, I, I'm about to move to, I lied. I said, I'm about to move to your state and I really love your state and I love everything about it. Can I please be, before I move there, can I please be like an honorary colonel of your state? <laughs> and not everybody had honorary colonelships. So, but I heard back from every governor. I became an honorary, I got a certificate, honorary citizen of Texas, honorary oh, lieutenant. Texas? Yeah. Honorary lieutenant colonel of Alabama. Yeah. Jay, you're going to Texas next, yeah. next week for podcast movement and you're speaking. I'm an honorary citizen there. When you're there, know that I'm an honorary citizen. Wait, so I can just go around, go around like, hey, you know, I'm with James. Uh, can I get into this club? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if honorary, maybe I need to be an honorary general to get in clubs, but uh, in North Carolina, they called me an honorary Tar Heel. I don't know what a Tar Heel is. I should probably look that up. And uh, Alabama, I was an honorary lieutenant colonel. And, oh, my God. And then Kentucky wrote back and said, we cannot make you an honorary colonel. You need three references from other honorary colonels. So honorary, because Kentucky's, you know, ever since Colonel Sanders, they got a little bit more picky about it. And, you know, Elvis Presley is an honorary colonel of Mississippi. Muhammad Ali is an honorary colonel of Mississippi. So I wrote about this 15 years ago in the Financial Times. I had a column there. And one of my readers was basically the governor of Kentucky and he got the references for me and uh, made me an honorary colonel of Kentucky. Wait, wait, wait. I have to, I have to ask, what do you get though? 
I don't know if you get anything, but I, ex- other than at the Kentucky Derby, there's a special box that you could sit at for for honorary uh, colonels of Kentucky. It's funny because when you mention special box, I'm like, what? Do they give you gifts or something? I didn't know. It's like a box of seats. Maybe they do. So Robin wants to go to the Kentucky Derby. We'll see. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's it'll be interesting. Like like even if you go to Texas, right? Like do you? Because I remember I've been to Texas with you. You didn't. I didn't even know this about you. Because you didn't advertise it everywhere. So let's say if you go to Texas and say that, hey, I'm honorary whatever, how do you think the people will react? They would think, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> he is the biggest <laughs> dorky idiot I've ever seen. Uh, no, I don't know. At the time, look, I was 12. I thought it was this neat thing. I had all these certificates hanging up in my room. Uh, you know, honorary colonel of this, honorary citizen of that, honorary lieutenant colonel of Alabama. And the and then I was upset about Kentucky until recently, fifteen years ago, or maybe a little longer, sixteen years ago, I became an honorary colonel of Kentucky, and and then I also, again, I was interviewing constantly. I, I mean, I was I would get home from school, and all I would do from like three thirty in the afternoon till till my parents got home is I would make phone calls to Washington D.C. <laughs> calling senators and congressmen and trying to interview them. So I interviewed like Bill Bradley was the senator from New Jersey. I interviewed uh, uh, the, the this guy who eventually became the speaker of the house. He was the minority leader. Then uh, I interviewed, um, uh, I don't know, all sorts of senators, congressmen, state senators, mayors, uh, presidential candidates. And the South Brunswick, the South Brunswick central post paid me $75 to publish some of my interviews and they had like a full like two or three page spread and that was that that was my is that your 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 10,000 hours of interviewing come in handy uh, you know what that was my first interviews but if i look up you know i wonder if i could find it in newspapers.com i want to put a poll out there if i do a series with james called years with james starting with 1980s on everything that he has done that year and you know increasingly would everyone listen? Would anyone want to listen to it? Because I think it was very interesting. Twelve years old, and your choices are interested in politics. Like how? Well, it turns out. Okay, I think I have it right here. Uh, oh my! I think I. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm on, on newspapers.com. It is there, but I have to. It says I have to start a free trial, but I'm a member, so I don't know. While you're looking at it, I'm. I'm just curious. Why? Why? Why are you interested in? politics when you're 12 years old like what do you know about politics that got you interested in it i don't know i think it was there was a lot of drama if you think about it like look just at the little stories we told like yeah like take jimmy carter as an example yeah this, there was this unknown peanut farmer from georgia who was a one-term governor and suddenly and there was very famous people like ted kennedy running for potentially running for president uh and and he won so there's like a lot of drama in the, it's almost like a sports event, a competition. And then right before that, there was all this drama with Nixon and Watergate. Like there was a, a president resigned and like left the White House. Like that had never happened before. And and then the next president, Gerald Ford, pardoned him for all his crimes. Like, and everybody wondered, was there a conspiracy? Like, did they agree to this beforehand? Like there was all this drama. And then you have the Kennedys were such a fascinating family like john f kennedy this like good-looking guy youngest president ever uh uh gets assassinated then his assassin gets assassinated like what is going on and then bobby kennedy runs for president he started running for president at the end of the primary season he should not have but he was but he quickly became the front runner against you know a, a sitting president couldn't even run against him lyndon b johnson and then he was assassinated and then this, you know, tragedy with with Ted Kennedy and you know, and John F. Kennedy's older brother Joe Kennedy had had died in World War II. So there was all this, like, almost like it's almost like watching Dynasty or or the TV show Dallas at the time. Like it, it felt very dramatic and exciting. And again, I didn't know anything about the issues, but I wanted to know who these people were who were in the middle of all of this. And I thought to myself, I would one day want to be in the middle of all this. Now, fortunately, I never did. Now, the story of when I ran for Congress, I could tell some other time, but because uh, that was a whole different story. 
But I was just fascinated by all this. So you're interested in the stories then, not the policy. You don't really care about policy, but you're interested in the store in their stories and the tactics they were using. Well, what 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 debate. stories can you really know? I mean, what what is, what what issues can you really know at that age? Like, I didn't have an opinion on, I don't know, I didn't have an opinion on anything. What could you have an opinion on uh, uh, at that age? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm. That's why I'm so fascinating. Why were you interested in politics? Because twelve years old, I assume you only care about <clears throat> chess and other things. So like you don't really, you wouldn't really care about the policy. Not like right now, everyone's about pronouns and fracking and and climate change, right? Back then, twelve years old, you just there's no internet. You you can't really research that policy that well. That's true. Yeah, right, and I wouldn't even know how to interpret them. Yeah. So also, like you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have any adult to help you interpret them. Now you probably have because adults are a lot more educated, or or, or they are a little bit more biased or opinionated. Also, you know? so by the way, I found so on September, November sixteenth, nineteen eighty, I found another article, not the one that the South Brunswick Central Post uh, published. This one, which mentions me again, I was twelve years old. This was much more embarrassing. So. There was a newspaper called The Home News, in different newspaper than the one that published my interviews, but this was the biggest newspaper in the area, central New Jersey. And what I would do when I would call senators or congressmen is I would say I was interviewing them for The Home News. I thought The Home News would eventually publish my interviews. I had no reason to believe that, but I was I would say to everybody I was calling for The Home News. So the editor. Of the, I'm, this is the first time I'm seeing this, so I'm going to read this out loud without really knowing what it's saying. Maybe it doesn't say anything. But the editor of the Home News was this guy named Watson Sims. And so he says here, uh, uh, last January, I had a letter from James A. Altucher, 12, of North Brunswick, who said he had obtained interviews with a number of congressmen. And I am expecting many more senators and congressmen to call me, wrote James. I would like to cut, conduct interviews of political leaders for the Home News. James enclosed a handwritten account of an interview with Senator James McClure, which included this passage. James, do you enjoy being a senator? McClure, McClure, yes. Me, or James, what was your greatest achievement in Congress? McClure, there were a lot of them. (laughs) So, and then Watson Sims writes, while reflecting on James' letter, I was telephoned by the office of Senator Charles Matthias of Maryland, who, who wanted to know, is James Altucher working for the home news because he wants to interview the senator so what watson sims is writing this uh, opinion piece we gave james an a for effort but regretfully declined our inability to put him on a reporting job we also asked that he not telephone congressmen uh, or senators on our behalf so and and by the way then he invited me he did call me also and tell me do not do this and he invited me to visit and I, so he gave me a tour of the home news and I got to see. And, and then he sat me down in his office and said, listen, we turned down even PhDs in journalism for reporting jobs. We're not going to let you, a 12-year-old, write for us. And I said, what if I could break a big story? Because I was going to say maybe Ted Kennedy was going to pick this guy, Jim Boren, as vice president, the guy who says, when in doubt, we uh, mumble. And he's like, no, we're get out. Okay, I, I'm just curious. So if you stick with that line of job, like you, if, do you think you eventually would become a journalist or do you like, ah, journalist is just never your thing anyway? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was always interested in journalism and writing. I mean, I wrote for Financial Times, The Wall Street Journal. I wrote, I've written for many newspapers, but I never liked journalism because that's hard work. <laughs> and, like you have to actually like talk to people and do things. I just like writing my own experiences. Okay, so here's for instance... I, I found an image of the article by James A. Altucher, a talk with Senator Bradley. And so, for instance, here's I could I could read in the image. Um, it's got just a clip of the article. I'm talking to Senator Dale Bumpers, who was a senator from Arkansas. And I said to him, do you enjoy being a... Here's my interview, the entire interview. Do you enjoy being a senator? Dale Bumpers said, yes. I said, how did you get into politics? He said, he said, it was a good opportunity, and my father always encouraged me and my brother to get into politics. And then I said, were you always interested in politics? And he said, yes. Was your, and then I said, was your father interested in politics? And then I don't see the answer. It was just a clip of this. It's so straightforward. Yes. Do, you, do you enjoy being a senator? Do you enjoy being a senator? It's so straightforward. Yeah. 
And then anyway, I have a whole bunch of interviews in here, but that was the thing is though, that was very bad is that phone bills weren't like they are today. Like essentially phone calls are free right now, but because I was calling Washington, it was long. There was such a thing as long distance then. And you would get charged a lot of money to call long distance. And, uh, uh you know, I was running up phone bills of like $600, $500, $700, which would be the equivalent of like a three or $4,000 phone bill per month right now. And maybe a little less, maybe like a $2,000 phone bill, but you know, my parents couldn't afford that. And like my dad would literally hit me when I, when he got the phone bill because, and it, and it was like an addiction. He would say, you have to stop doing this. And I would say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm really sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. And I couldn't help myself. I'd get home from school and I just 202 and start dialing Washington DC, just going down the list of all the congressmen and senators. And I couldn't stop. And I would stay home from school uh, sometimes, pretend to be sick because I thought maybe they were going to call me back then. And I would subscribe to the congressional record, which was like a print transcript of what happened in Congress every day. It was really boring. And I was obsessed with Congress until, I mean, I obsessed with politics and I had all these experiences, visited the White House, visited the Capitol. I went to the Democratic National Convention and was an intern there where I met Chip Carter and you know, saw all these interesting things happening. I, I collected political buttons. So I had, I had all sorts of political buttons, even like political buttons for Eisenhower and Adlai Stevenson for president and JFK for president. And of course, Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan. So I collected these things and then boom, I lost interest. Wait, what? Like, like what happened? Like, is it just one day you just woke up like, ah, screw the politics. Yeah. One day I just woke up and I was interested, you know, what happens then is you go through, you're going through puberty um, and sixth grade turned into seventh grade and I was getting interested in girls and, but no girl would like me. Like I was really just hideous. And so I became obsessed with getting psychic powers. <laughs> oh so, yeah. I remember that. that. That's another story, but really it led to interesting things that still affect my life today. But that was my experiment as a 12 year old in politics and also why if you run into me in the street particularly uj you need to refer to me as colonel altucher colonel i i can't pronounce the word i can't pronounce it. colonel colonel you can call me colonel altucher and i don't even care so much about being a, a honorary colonel of mississippi or a honorary lieutenant colonel of alabama but the honorary colonel of kentucky is a it was it was an honor so thank you governor whatever i don't know what your name is and that was that's the story of my experiment in politics at the age of 12. You should tweet it out and invite him back on the podcast. Not back, but invite him on the podcast. I should, and I won't. <laughs> Thank you very much. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New Miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to Miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.